Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what U.S. cities are hot for real estate investment? This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Gary Beasley is CEO of Roofstock, an online marketplace that helps people invest in single-family homes. Welcome, Gary. Thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you. So, Gary, give us a list. What are some of the hot cities right now we might invest in? Well, we we track cities around the country. I would say a, a number at the top of the list these days are... Nashville, very interesting. Dallas, um, Denver, very very hot city. Um, also, Central Florida, we're seeing a lot, a lot of growth in places like Orlando. Um, but I would say at the at the top of the list today, what's changed probably most recently is Nashville, kind of rising up and becoming a very very popular place. I hear a lot of people moving to Nashville. It sounds like so much fun, such a great city. Why are these cities hot? Well, usually it's a, a function of there being a, a, a reason for people to want to live there. Um, I think you, you're seeing a lot more lifestyle orientation these days, and companies are locating in places where it's easy to recruit. And Nashville obviously has the music scene, but it has a budding um, tech and entrepreneurial scene as well. And it's relatively affordable. So I think when you look at a lot the, the commonality, um, Dallas, very similar – the other thing that I think is driving a lot of the job growth are these these tend to be kind of tax-friendly uh, locations. Um, makes so, a big difference. Yeah, makes a big difference. For sure. Um, I would think, though, when I hear about hot cities to buy into, how do I know I'm buying at the right time and not buying at the top of a market, for example? Because you hear so much buzz about certain locations. Well, if I knew that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah, me um, either. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're, it's always difficult to um, call the top of a market or time it, but I, I think you could look for some signals. Um, you could look at, for example, are prices appreciating? Is the growth slowing? Uh, are, is it taking longer for things to sell? Are rents growing at a, at a slower rate? So it's typically... What you'll see is the pace of growth slowing before you see a, a contraction. Things in starting the crisis. to uh huh, and in market activity. That that's generally a, a good leading indicator. So if we want to buy, what other things should we think about? So price is one thing. How quickly homes are selling mm-hmm. or another. What else? Yeah. So it, it depends on your your objectives. If you're um, first, I, I'd say understand your your time horizon. How, how long do you want to own something? If if your horizon is very long, you should be less concerned about where you are in the cycle because you're going to sort of ride those cycles out. I think you want to think about is this a place that you might want to live someday? So think about that is what's the use for the property? Do I just want it as an investment or do I want to potentially live there? Factor that in. Are you looking for current return or long-term appreciation? Those are two two different reasons to invest. I think a lot of investors look for sort of a balance, want to get some current return, but over time – see appreciation. So I think understanding your horizon, if, if you want to own something just for a short period of time, you, you want to be very sensitive to where you are in the cycle. Um, if you're longer term, you want to make some longer term bets on some growth markets that I think um, really focus on quality neighborhoods. Um, I think the thing about real estate that is important is to understand 
as with any other investment, there's a risk-reward trade-off. So yeah. if you go into kind of a pristine neighborhood with birds chirping and great schools, you're going to get a lower current return, but you're banking on less volatility and perhaps more appreciation. If you go into some lower-priced neighborhoods, you may have some shorter stays of tenants. It may be a little bit more volatile in your cash flows, but you could get higher yields. And certainly on paper, the yields are higher. But And, and over time, as long as you have an ability to kind of weather through the volatility, you could you could do better and potentially get higher returns. But it's almost, I, I sort of think about it like a bond. You have AAA bonds all the way down to junk bonds. And it's the same can be true with real estate. I think that's a great point, bringing up the volatility and your tolerance for that mm-hmm. because, and your time horizon, all excellent points. What about amenities too? You want to make sure, you know, if you've got kids, you want to make sure there's good schools, all of those things, right? Absolutely. Um, even if it's a rental property, um, understanding the schools is important, obviously, because you want people to to want to live in the home that, that you have. What we find oftentimes for rental properties, um, all the schools don't have to be great, but it, let's say it has a great elementary school or a really good high school, it could end up being a really good rental property f- for that demographic. For that reason. Yeah, yeah for that reason. So, um, yeah, I, I think that all of those things are important. What advice do you have for young people, so-called millennials, who may be looking to buy into some of these properties? Well, we're seeing a lot of millennial activity on our our website, Roofstock. I guess my advice would be um, don't be afraid to invest in markets where you don't live. Um, do do your research and, and figure out what's important to you. But I think one of the one of the challenges that people have had with real estate investing historically is about seventy percent of the homes that people own tend to be within an hour's drive of where they live. So it, it creates a lot of concentration risk. So if you can find a way to, to invest remotely, you diversify your exposure, and they're also, they also tend to be lower-priced markets. So I'd say do your research. Feel free to, to you know, build a diversified portfolio over time with, with homes in different markets. Um, and, um, and also think about your leverage strategy such that you're not over-levering and you don't find yourself um, in the wrong part of a cycle where you might have a, a, a rate that's readjusting or, or being forced to sell. Right. If you're there, it, well, if you, you have this rental property and then you also are renting out your apartment, for example, and you're living in that apartment and <laughs> you don't want to get in a situation where you can't pay your rent because you have to pay your mortgage on the, the share of the house that you own or your house. Correct. That would not be a good idea. Um, you also said, you know, don't judge a book by its cover and think about curb appeal. What should we be thinking about when it comes to curb appeal? Yeah, I think one of the mistakes sometimes with investment properties is people look through the lens of a home that they might want to live in. And what we found is some of the best returning rental properties might not be the prettiest from the street, but are in a good location. They're they're really well built and, and have reliable income. And oftentimes, um, those can be great, great returns. And remember, when you're in buying a rental property, you're, you're looking for a financial return. You're, you're not necessarily looking for a place to live in. So I think we all have biases as, as we look at things like investments. And I think one of the things that sometimes people um, uh, kind of over-index is, is curb appeal. Indeed. Um, any other sort of last tips for millennials if they are going to think about buying? Well, you know, I, I think for millennials, I, I think um, being patient and having a long-term strategy is is really important. The nice thing about millennials is they have a long investing horizon mm-hmm. ahead of them. So you, you don't necessarily need to buy a bunch of properties today, but 
a lot of the people working, we're working with today want to say buy one home a year for the next decade. And you, then you look back and you've got a pretty nice portfolio. And I think be, be disciplined about it. Um, don't overreact if um, there are downturns because there will be. Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, if you finance responsibly, those dips can actually be good good times to buy. And with rental properties in particular, what, what we have seen in looking at the numbers is even when prices drop a lot of homes, rents tend to be very sticky. That's true. So you actually can buy better yield during the downturns. Interesting. Gary, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'd love for you to take our fun real estate quiz. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy our podcast? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with Roofstock's Gary Beasley, who's going to take our fun real estate quiz. Gary, you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the best real estate advice you ever heard? Wow. Best real estate advice I ever heard was um, probably get on the property wagon as soon as you can. And um, it, it was in San Francisco, it's always hard because there's never a good time to buy, but you, know, you want to get Tough on quickly. Market. <laughs> <laughs> Worst real estate advice you ever heard? Um, worst real estate advice I ever heard was from an older guy who said, uh, don't be afraid to, to sign recourse debt. <laughs> he yeah. was a developer who went bankrupt three times, but it Yikes. apparently worked for him. Oh, I didn't wow. listen. Fill in, <laughs> <laughs> Man. Fill in the blank, real estate can buy. Financial freedom. Fill in the blank, real estate can't buy. Happiness. If you want a million dollars after tax, where would you buy real estate? Mm. Nashville. Cool. All right. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us, Gary. It was a pleasure. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.